Alright, we'll go to the book of John this morning. John chapter 13. You know, sometimes, boy, when I'm preparing for a message, I just, the Lord starts showing me things and just uh, really, I really have a lot of fun putting the message together. And I just really felt like the Lord was directing me in this. Um, I was wanting to preach uh, really specifically on... Uh, just how on letting the world know that we're Christians. You know, I think it's sad how many people. You know, uh, I think Christians aren't doing a real good job being a light in this world, and uh, it's so many people these days. They call themselves Christians and say they're on their way to heaven, but we don't always act like it. And you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't like church and they don't like religion, and a lot of times it's because of quote-unquote Christians. And I think that that's really sad. And I wanted to talk about uh, you know, just different ways that we can be a light to the world. But as I was studying that and came up, was looking at one of the things that God specifically said to do, so the world would know that you're His disciples, I, I noticed some really good things there. I thought, man, this would be a big help, I believe, to our church and uh, everyone, everyone in here. And I hope you all will listen to this and follow it because it will be a blessing to you personally if you follow this. So I think there's a lot of things when it comes to church and when it comes to the things of God, there are a lot of things that we just, a lot of times we met, I guess, uh, benefits that sometimes we just miss out on because we don't know they're available to us. I heard a story one time, I don't know if it was a true story, just one of those stories that preachers tell because it sounds good, but it was a story of a man who had went, he was on this ship and he was uh, going... Uh, he was traveling you know, to another part of the world or whatever, and he had gotten a ticket on the ship. And before he went on this trip, you know, he had went and packed you know, as much food as he could. And he, it was pretty plain stuff, just stuff that would keep him full. So he wouldn't starve to death on this trip. And he went and was just eating all this little junk and crackers and bread and things that he had packed for himself. And, you know, and he just barely had enough because it was, it, was you know, it was a long trip. Barely had enough to get him through that whole trip. And at the end of the trip, one of the people there that worked in the boat was talking to him and was looking at his ticket and noticed he was eating this crummy food. And he said, sir, don't you realize that with this ticket, all your meals are included? And he was just, oh, you know, I went and been eating this junk. I could have been eating all that good fancy food that everybody else was eating, but he didn't know that it was available to him. And, you know, there are some things that God has promised us that a lot of times we just don't realize are available to us. And we miss out on these benefits. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about, I think, one of the best benefits or one of the great benefits that comes with being a Christian today is the brethren. And sistering, I guess you could say. I don't know if that's a word or not. But our brothers and sisters in Christ. And this morning, I want to talk about loving the brethren. And to be politically correct, and sistering. But, uh, <laughs> but John 13, verse 34, says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. If we will love each other, by this, God says, all men will know that you're my disciples. This is a new commandment that God has given 
And so, how do we fulfill this commandment of loving one another? We want people to know that we're His disciples. We don't want to hide the fact that we're Christians. In Matthew chapter 5, and verse 14, Jesus said, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Listen, I don't care what the news media says. We don't need to keep the fact that we're a Christian to ourselves. It's not something we need to keep quiet. I'm not telling you to go throw it in everybody's face. But you know, it's pretty crazy in this country how whenever somebody comes out of the closet, how that's celebrated and just, boy, these people are so brave and they're so wonderful. They came out of the closet. But then somebody's vocal about their beliefs in Christ and being a Christian, well, those people just need to shut up. They need to be quiet. And I tell you, it's ridiculous. It's hypocrisy. And it's against the Bible. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men. And then it's in Matthew 5.43, it says, Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. These things, there's many things. Jesus said, do these so people will know that you're my disciples. And then, but this morning I want to talk about this one about loving the brethren. He said, by this, by loving the brethren, all men will know that you're my disciples. So really, how do we fulfill this commandment of loving the brethren. How do we do that? Well, first of all, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, I think this is probably every pastor's favorite verse of Scripture, but it, uh, it's, I tell you, it goes right along with this message. But Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. One way we fulfill the commandment of loving the brethren is by spending time with God's people. If you're going to love somebody, you're going to have to spend some time with them. You're going to need to, you're going to, need to be around them. You're going to have to get to know these people. And I'm telling you right now, that I think is one of the biggest benefits people are missing out in churches. There are great people that you can meet in the house of God. I think right in here, I mean, I I have enjoyed immensely getting to know some of you all. I, I really have. It's a, it's a great thing. I enjoy visiting with you. I, en, I enjoy all of you. And I'm telling you right now, I think it, you would benefit to get to know each other better and to be around each other more and just find out. I mean, there are some, I mean, you, you might find some great things in common. And one of the things that we can all do to each other is provoke each other to love and good works. We motivate each other. Uh, you know, I mean, some of y'all here, you motivate me to keep on studying my Bible. You know, Brother Lonnie brought me another question today, and it, it's a pretty good one. I'm like, well, you know, you know what that, you know what he did to me? Provoke me to. Go do a little more studying. Find out about that. That's good. I need that. And I try to do that to you through the preaching, but we need to do that kind of thing to each other. Spend time with God's people. Get to know them. You know, have people over to your house for dinner. Get to know them. Go out to eat with them on Sunday afternoon. You know, come to church early a little bit so you can fellowship a little bit and talk to each other. You, listen, you don't have to rush out the doors. 
as soon as the service over. I know some, I know we got to beat the Methodists to the chicken house. I know that. You know, you want to you want to get there before all the foods, good foods, gone. But hey, you know, if you all stick around and are just chatting with each other, it's not going to upset me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run you out of here. I was I've been at churches before where you know me I, I like to stay around and fellowship a little bit. And I'm there in the service after service, and I, I remember one I wasn't there real long, and all of a sudden they start shutting the lights off. I'm like. I guess we're supposed to go home, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, I, I like the fellowship. I think it's a good it's a good thing to do. And spending time with God's people, that getting to know God's people. Find out there, there's other people that are that are like you out there. People that love the Lord and that are serving God, and that will help you love them if you get to know them better and get to spend some time with them. And you'll and you learn it's it is a wonderful thing that I think a lot of people they they miss out on, and you know one of the reasons too you know and you, you've all probably been there before or known people like that you know some people they come into church and boy they just want to criticize everybody oh man you know that person I you know they drive me nuts you know they they do this every week they're you know that you can set their watch by when they're going to go to the bathroom they're in the middle of the service and you know they're always doing this and doing that and we, they complain and you know what the problem is most of the time they don't even know that person they don't really know them. They never sat down and had a conversation with them. They never, you know, they've never had them over to their house and had dinner with them and got to know that person. And it's hard to love somebody that you don't really know. And getting to know people. Have you ever maybe been friends with somebody that maybe the first time you met them you didn't really like them? Yeah, first time. Maybe it's the person you married. My, you know, my wife. Uh, you know, we didn't get along uh, that well when uh, we first met. She didn't like me at all. She thought I was. She thought I was arrogant. I don't know where she got that too. You know, I was. <laughs> but she did. She thought I was conceited and uh, didn't didn't like me very much. You know, and I'm glad she didn't just right then and there say, "Well, I'm done with him forever." And but you know, hey, we got to know each other, and she found out I was humble, and uh, <laughs> or, or maybe she humbled me. I don't know. But uh, hey, whatever happened, something happened, something changed. And you know we end up we end up getting married, and I'm telling you right now sometimes you you miss out because we just we don't get to know each other. And the Bible says you know not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, but it says to do it so much the more as you see the day approaching. As times get worse and as times get more difficult, we need each other. I believe now more than we ever did. I really do. We need each other now. It seems like you know Christian Christians now are. I don't know if they're just not as many or if they're going into the closet. And they're, you know, they're getting scared into letting their light shine, but it seems like they're getting harder to find. And I'm telling you, uh, being around them is a wonderful thing and you just, you just can't help but love God's people. But also another way that we can fulfill this commandment, we see in John chapter 13 where Jesus gave them this commandment. After He says this new commandment I give you, in verse 12, it says, so after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. Verily I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Now, I want you to notice a few things in this passage. First of all, 
This is going to come later. But remember, notice how he calls them their servants. He says, by your Lord and Master. And you're my servants, okay? Keep that in mind for a little bit later. But he says, what I've done to you, you need to do to each other. You know what Jesus did? He served them. He washed their feet. He served them. We can fulfill the commandment of loving the brethren by serving one another. By serving one another. By, by helping each other out. By, by working together. You know, we find out somebody in the, find out somebody in the church they got a project going on in their house. You know what? Great thing about church, a lot of times you can find a lot of help there. People that will come and volunteer. Why? Because we want to help. We want to, we want to serve each other. When we serve together, when we have maybe projects around the church where we can work together, that's one of the best ways to get close to somebody is by working with them. Working together. That kind of thing is is huge. It will it will bring people together. We're serving the Lord when we serve the Lord together. That that's going to draw people together. That's going to cause you to love those people. But by service, serving each other, we don't want to come to the church with an attitude of you know what can I get. But the church attitude ought to be you know what can I get? Who can I serve? There's always going to be somebody in the church that has maybe a need that you can help. A need that you can meet. Maybe a talent that you have that they don't. That you could use that talent and be a blessing to them and serve them. And that kind of thing is going to cause love between two people by service. But also, we see in John chapter 15, verse 12. John chapter 15, verse 12. This is just a short time later. Jesus says to them, This is my commandment. That ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I want you to keep your finger on this passage. We're going to come back to it in a little bit. It says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Another way we fulfill the commandment of loving the brethren is by sacrifice. By sacrifice. We ought to be willing to sacrifice for each other. We ought to be willing to... I mean, that's the greatest love you can show somebody. Laying down your life for them. When somebody does that, when they will literally die for someone, I mean, you can't show a greater love than that. That's what Jesus did for us. He laid down His life for us. Sacrifice. We ought to be willing to sacrifice. Be willing to do without something for the benefit of somebody else. You only do that for somebody that you love. And God's commanded us to love the brethren. And this this loving the brethren, so this is this is more than just you know, there are some commandments that God gave that that honestly sometimes are really hard and totally go against our nature. For example, when we read a little while ago, love your enemies. Okay? You know, it's natural to punch your enemies, not love your enemies. Okay? But this loving the brethren though I believe there's something special about this. There, there's a special connection that I personally feel like I have with people that I've gone to church with. I mean, I forget names of people that I've worked with and even family members. Okay, there's people that I've worked with in the past that I work with all the time. Okay, I mean, I literally I work with these people 40 hours a week. Okay, that's more time than I spend with people in church. Okay, but I literally. I've forgotten a lot of these people. I can think of some of their names, but I I I forgot. I can't I can't remember. 
Sometimes I'll, something will happen. They'll come up in my mind and I'll try to remember who they are. Out at Walmart Distribution Center where I work now, there's a fellow out there that works there that worked at the one in Spring Valley. And I've been afraid to talk to him because I can't remember his name. And I should remember the guy's name. And I feel bad I don't remember his name. I worked with him for, I mean, hours and hours and hours. We're in the same department. I can't remember his name. Saved my life. I've racked my brain. I can't do it. But people that I've gone to church with, I remember those people. Especially, I said, not just people that have been in the services, but people that were members. When I was just a little kid in Spring Valley, I was only, you know, I don't know if maybe this came from being in a pastor's home, but I can remember those people's names. I remember I was a teenager and I went back there. They were having some special service. I was there. And I remember everybody that was there, that was there when I was a kid, I remembered all their names. And I remember some of the people being shocked that I remember them because I was just a little kid. But I did. I, I remember their names. People from my dad's church. I remember uh, there was a guy, another guy that I worked with and he came up to me one time. He's like, yeah, I used to go to your church. And I was like, what? Because I don't forget people that I went to church with. And I could not remember this guy to save my life. And finally, you know, I finally I remember he mentioned his mother's name, and I vaguely remembered his mom. But literally, they probably came to church like two or three times. And I was like seven years old. Uh, you know, they they never were members of the church. But I don't I don't forget church members. I really don't. And I believe part of that when a person has the Holy Spirit inside them. It causes a connection that will cause you to look at other church members the way you look at your own family. For example, you've probably you've all probably been to maybe like a school concert or something before, okay? All right, you know, Menez, we've been to some of yours where your kids are singing or, or playing instruments, and when you're there, who are you watching most of the time? Well, you're watching your kids. Okay, I mean, if, if they're doing a play, I mean, if they're just a stagehand, okay, and you show up at that play, you're watching them set stuff up on the stage. You pay more attention to your children because those are your kids there. If they're playing in a band, okay, they might be just, you know, playing a little cymbal that they hit every now and then, but they're the one that you're watching because that's your kid. They get special notice from you because they're your family, even if it's a niece, a nephew, a grandson, a cousin. When it's your family, they just stick out in the crowd. And the same thing goes with church members. They, to, with me anyway. I don't know if it's like that for everybody. But it is for me. You, just, you notice those people. You pay a little more attention to those people because we are family, the Bible says. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And you just... Even though sometimes... Like your immediate family, yeah, you want to choke them every now and then, but you, you don't ever stop loving them. Okay, you don't. I mean, it, you know, my sisters, I I wanted to choke them many times growing up, but if I'd ever seen anybody else choking them, there there'd have been problems. I'd have, I'd have taken care of them. I'd have told them that's my job. <laughs> you you don't do that. And what happens? These people here, they're no longer. Just what happens after a while, what's supposed to happen. And I believe what we see here, I'm going to show you in the scriptures. We'll go to John chapter 15 first before I tell you what happens. I want to read this verse to you. We're going to see what happens. So remember in John 13, this is a couple chapters before, but this is a short amount of time before this happens in John 15 where Jesus called them his servants. 
And He gives them that new commandment. And then here in John chapter 15, we'll start reading in verse 10. It says, If ye keep My commandments, ye shall abide in My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that My joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is My commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Remember in John 13, just a few hours before, He's called them servants. But then in verse 14 He says, Ye are My friends if ye do whatsoever I have commanded you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of My Father I have made known unto you. Notice the change here how now He's calling them friends. Do you know what happens when you love the brethren like you're supposed to? Sometimes we might have to do it just by command. But when you spend time with God's people, when you serve God's people, when you sacrifice for God's people, something happens, something changes, and now you're friends. They're no longer just a family member anymore. Now listen, we've all got family members that we love, but they're not really our friends. Okay, You probably don't want to spend I mean, you, we all, you know what? We all got family members you'd rather not spend that much time with. That, I mean, you just, you just sometimes endure them and put up with them because they're your family. And sometimes we even do that with church members. But I believe what happens when we do these things, they don't, it's no longer just brothers and sisters, but they become friends. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 31. Luke chapter 6, verse 31. I want to show you something here. Luke chapter 6, verse 31 says, And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Now, I hope I, I, hope I can explain this to you. All right? I was trying to think of how I can put all this into words and make it clear to understand. Alright, so here we go. Because I'm not always the most eloquent person in the world. But when we serve, when we sacrifice, when we spend time with God's people, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's out of duty. Sometimes it's just because we're supposed to. But when we do it, I believe something changes. And now we become friends. And why all these things that God... The spending time, serving, sacrificing... Did you know nobody has to make you do that for a friend? Nobody has to make you do that. We automatically do that. Because see, the truth is, notice how in Luke here, he talks about you know the sinners. Hey, they'll do good to those who do good to them. They'll love those who love them back. Now, why do sinners do anything that sinners do? They do it because they want to. That's exactly why they do things. Uh, they do it because they want to. And I believe this loving the brethren thing, when we do it, it becomes something that we just want to do. We want to spend time with God's people. 
I mean, the pastor doesn't even need to preach about church attendance because God's people, they just want to be there. They want to be there. They want to be there as much as they can. They're upset if they can't be there. When it comes to serving each other, it's, we don't even have to talk about it. We just automatically do it. It's just like mothers. okay? Mothers, they love their children. And mothers will do some of the grossest, most disgusting things in the world. Why? Because they love their children. Some of the things that babies will do in their diapers... I mean, my, our kids, they've had those ones that the diaper it wasn't enough. It couldn't contain it. It couldn't hold it. But you know what? That mother, she can't have her baby in that filth. She can't. And she, she will take care of it. I mean, it smells horrible. It's disgusting. But you know what? Nobody has to make her do it. She does it. And it, it has to get done. It drives her crazy if it's not getting done. Why? Because she loves that baby. And she's literally serving that baby. I mean, babies and kids, I mean, boy, they get weighted on hand and foot there in the beginning, don't they? I mean, parents, moms especially, they do nothing but serve those children. You know, dad, we just do the entertaining stuff, like to do, you know, play with them when they're cute, but when all of a sudden they start getting hungry, ah, oh, <laughs> she needs mommy right now. And, you know, and mommies, they, they take care of all that stuff. And nobody has to make them do it because they love them. When it comes to sacrificing, okay? All right, no parent, you don't have to tell a parent to sacrifice for their children. You don't have to tell a parent to do without something. So their kid, if, if it was for starving, okay, I want my kids to eat first. I don't, you wouldn't have to make me and twist my arm to get me to take a bullet for my kids or to die for my children. Why? Because I love them. I, I want to do those things. That's why parents, they do some of the things that they do for their children and for their family members and for their friends because they want to do these things. They, they want to do it. We want to be with each other. We want to serve each other. We want to sacrifice for each other. You can't stop us from doing it. I mean, they would if my kids are in a burning building. I mean, the, they're going to have to hold me down. To keep me from going in there to get him out. I'm not just going to stand there and watch. I'll make that sacrifice. You don't have to make me because I love him that much. And God's told us to do these things for each other. And it's something that the Holy Spirit does to us. It changes. Go to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 towards the end of the New Testament. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 13. Start reading verse 13. It says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Okay? If you ever want, you know, don't get discouraged if the world doesn't like us, alright? That's normal. So don't marvel at that. That's pretty normal. But verse 14 says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Boy, if you see that your brother and sister have need of something... You're, not, you're going to do something about it. I mean, anyone in here, if your children, if somebody you love and somebody somebody you truly care about has a need, you're going to want to do something about it. 
That's normal. And God told us here in 1 John, this is how we know that we've passed from death unto life. This is how we know that we're saved because we love the brethren. Now, why is that evidence? Well, because, now let's just get real honest here. Now, I know I said some good stuff about you earlier. But you know what? There's also some bad stuff. Okay, we've all got some issues. And you know what? While if we wanted to, we could all find good things to talk about. If we wanted to, we could all find bad things that we could say about each other. There's, all, there's things that while we might have in common, there's other things that we don't have in common. There's areas where we might clash. There's areas where we might have problems. But just like with your children, okay? Kids, they do. They have issues. I mean, kids, you know, my girls, you know, Chloe especially, she keeps losing teeth. That grosses me out, okay? I, I just lose teeth. You know, kids, oh, Dad, look, my tooth is loose. I just want to throw up. I don't like loose teeth. That grosses me out. But you know what? I'm not going to go make her live outside until her teeth are done falling out. Okay, even though that grosses me out, I'm not going to do that when the baby's born. All right, we're going to have to go back to having a baby, one in diapers. We had, we haven't had diapers for a while. That's no fun. But you know what? I'm not going to ship her off to an orphanage until she grows up and they get her potty trained. I'm not going to do that. Okay, because of the love that's there, and the Bible says that we know we've passed from death into life. That's why we can overlook the issues. That we all have. That's why in the world they look at that. It's like, how could you? Why do you want to be around those people at church all the time? Well, they're not going to understand that. They're not going to get that at all because that Holy Spirit's not inside them. They're not a part of this family. Just like there's people that we we might see you out in public with, you know, or maybe maybe a family member. You know, we've all got those family members that embarrass us a little bit. You know, it's like uh, you don't want everybody to know they're your family member. But you know what? You still love those people because they're your family. You'll still spend time with them. You, you overlook some of those things. And we can do that same thing with each other because of something that the Holy Spirit does. does he, that just It changes us. And we can not only overlook things, we can not only just put up with things, we literally will want to do these things. We will want to be around God's people. We will want to serve God's people. We will want to sacrifice. It won't be a problem, just like with our family, that loving the brethren is something that comes natural for a new, for a new Christian. It's something that God does to us. It's something the Holy Spirit does that just it connects us. And it is a wonderful thing that God does. When they're your friends, you want to spend time. You want to serve. You want to sacrifice. And you know, the truth is, it's usually easy to find out why certain people are friends. You don't have to look far usually to find out what the connection is. And for us, what we have in common, I believe it's spiritual genetics. We have the same father. We're a part of the same family. That right there is going to draw people together. And you know what? Sometimes there's people that will come along and they just they can't seem to stand anybody in the church. All that you know, they they won't go to church, and they'll talk. And one of the reasons they'll start talking about everybody in that church. Well, the question that comes to my mind is, are you sure you passed from death unto life? Because my Bible says we know we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. 
He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. You know, the, the reason some people just can't seem to put up with us, they're not part of the same family. Now, they could be. The Holy Spirit, boy, He'll give them that, he'll give them that spirit of adoption that we got. And I've seen that before where people who didn't want to have anything to do with church, that didn't want to have anything to do with God's people, they'll get saved. And all of a sudden now, you can't keep them away. You can't keep them. You can't keep them away from church. You can't keep them away from God's people. All of a sudden now, they just seem to fit right in. Why? They receive that spirit of adoption. Now they're a part of the same family. They have that same thing dwelling them, and they they want to be here. I worry when somebody says they get saved, that I got to twist their arm to get them to come to church. Well, you got to pretty much put a gun to the back of their head to get them in here. There's something wrong with that. And the very fact that you want to be here. And want to be around God's people. That's that's a wonderful evidence that you're saved, and that we are a part of the same family. And I'm telling you right now, I, I love I love my family. I love my wife and kids. I love my you know my parents and my sisters and my cousins. I mean I've got I've got a lot of biological relations that I do that I, that I love very much. But I'm telling you too, my spiritual family, I, I love them to death too. There's just something special about God's people. There's something special about you all. And I'm telling you right now, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. You don't have to, you don't have to make me come to church. Uh, I, I literally, I do, I enjoy it. You don't have to force me to be around God's people. I, I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not just trying to make myself sound nice right now, but I don't get up in the, I don't get up in the morning thinking, oh, I gotta see our church folks today. Okay. Now listen, I've had days where I didn't feel like doing anything and maybe didn't feel like preaching. But I do. I enjoy being around God's people. And if you don't, all right, if, if all you can do is see the problems in everybody, there may be a problem with you spiritually that only the Holy Spirit can help. It's like, oh, no, it's not me. It's everybody else. Everybody else. No, it's, it's you if that's the way you feel. And so loving the brethren, fulfill that commandment. Spend time with God's people, serve and sacrifice. So with that, let's all stand together.